Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McKee McGrath, recording 3,822 miles from Finland. Hello, Finland, and thank you so much for listening. Today, I'll look at the best animal headlines and stories from the last year as we prepare for summer vacation. Let's go. everyone. I know it's been a hard week for parents and for teachers and for kids who have news alerts on their phones. And I honestly debated about even doing an episode this week. Um, But it's the last one before a long summer break, a break that we can all use and need. So I'm going to make this one as lighthearted as possible as we face another cycle of blame without action in regards to American gun violence. My sincere hope for all of you is that your summer is a nice reset, that you get to do some things that you absolutely love and enjoy, clean the things that you need to clean and have been putting off, and hey, call your dentist, which is actually a message for me because I've been forgetting to call them back for two weeks now. So go hug a chicken, splash in a pool, make some friends, focus on good things and things that you can control because it feels sometimes like there isn't a lot you can. Maybe get off social media for a bit and don't forget your sunscreen, especially if you're like me. If you look at the sun for four seconds, you have a burn. Sunscreen, very important. Hats, very important. You got this. Okay, cool. So this summer, do me a favor and send me animal pictures and stories for the show or just to share. I read and review everything that comes into bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. I would love to see the animals in your life living their best lives this summer. I'm looking forward to the beach with my kiddo, getting some more new chickens in the next few weeks to add to egg and nugget. Although, little update on them. (laughs) So we got those new chickens in April. They have kind of gained the beginning of a Games of Throny, Games of Thronesy kind of name now. Um, we've been calling her, and by we I mean me, Egg the Ironic, because Egg had laid exactly three eggs every Tuesday on the dot. We thought she'd lay three to four a week. She laid exactly one a week for three weeks and then said, you know what? I'm on strike <laughs> and has laid zero eggs for about six weeks now. So we call her Egg the Ironic. 
And I really hope that she has a good sense of humor because, you know, that that would be exactly my kind of chicken. <laughs> but we also have Nugget. And Nugget we've been affectionately calling the overachiever. Eh? Get it? <laughs> Pun. Ova is another word for egg. <laughs> and she has been producing four to five big blue eggs every week. She is making up not just for herself, but she's kind of helping out eggs rent. <laughs> so we have a chicken who is not pulling her weight, one who is, she's got an A for this quarter. She's doing great. Um, so yeah, we have, I I really appreciate these two little chickens. They're really funny and we're going to be getting some more to to join their little flock and hopefully lay some more eggs. So yeah, that's pretty much what's going on here. Um, and they are pretty much what's getting me through the last through few weeks of this really, really rough year. Um, so if you can, try to find some wins, take the wins. And I'm going to sign off for summer with a series of the funniest headlines that I could find about animals this year. I'm going to be reading them pretty much verbatim from the stories that I had pulled. The sources are in the notes um, and credit is given to the authors of each story. Um, these were all stories that were just a little too short for their own episode, but cannot be ignored. All right, guys, buckle in and let's go. Headline, Havelina traps itself in car, knocks vehicle into neutral in pursuit of Cheetos. Honestly, that's how I want to go, locked in a car in pursuit of snacks. So first you might need to know if you are not in the American Southwest, what a javelina is. Okay, so this is an Hispanic word meaning javelin, like the Olympic spear throwing sport. Oh. Or spear, like the Olympic spear throwing sport. Oh. It gets its name based on the razor sharp spear like tusks on its face. This little creature actually kind of looks like a pocket pet version of a wild boar, but I assure you, these are not pocket pets. Like wild boars, they cannot be tamed. At all. They will kill you or seriously hurt you, so just don't. I mean, just don't unless they get your Subaru in search of road snacks. So now that you know what they are, what they look like, and how they act, here is an article by Alicia Fieldstat on NBCNews.com. The Yavapai County Sheriff's Office said a deputy responded to a call on Wednesday and found the creature in a Subaru station wagon. The deputy learned from neighbors and the owner of the car that the hatchback had been left open overnight and the javelina jumped inside attempting to eat a bag of Cheetos, according to a statement from the Sheriff's Office. When the javelina got into the car, the hatch shook closed, trapping the animal. The javelina then lit the Cheeto bag crumbless, been there, and made an unsuccessful attempt to escape the car, according to the sheriff's office. The animal tore through part of the dashboard and the passenger car. It also knocked the car into neutral, causing it to roll out of the driveway and across the street. Can you even imagine? You're making your coffee in the morning and you're like, all right, kids, let's get in the car. And you open the door and your car is gone from the driveway. It's in your neighbor's drive, maybe even in their yard. <laughs> like, or better yet, ding dong. Hello, Meredith. 
can you please get your mini wild pig and your Subaru off my lawn? I would really appreciate it. You're ruining my begonias. <laughs> anyway, the sheriff's office said that no one was injured, which is why I'm laughing. The deputy who responded opened the hatch and, I like this wording, allowed the javelina to return to the wilderness. <laughs> he basically opened the door and just let the animal out. But, quote, as a reminder, if you are in the Southwest, you probably already know, but it is best not to feed javelina, said the sheriff's office statement. Yes, it's tempting, but when wild animals are fed by people, it draws them into neighborhoods and create unnecessary conflict. Oh boy, wait till the third segment. Javelinas are also known as peccaries or skunk pigs. Wait a minute, skunk pigs? Ew! Okay, look, I'm from the Northeast. I've never seen one of these but according to animal corner <laughs> but according to animal coroner oh, <laughs> that would be a different story animal corner.org their strong odor means that you will probably smell a peccary before actually seeing it Ew. so a peccary what is that okay let's look this up click 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 okay so a peccary is a javelina it's three to four feet long so I don't even need the measurement of things. I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants. That is three to four foot long subs from Subway. <laughs> they are about 44 to 88 pounds, which is about the size of a Labrador retriever, which is decidedly not a pig and not a rodent, which is the one thing that I kept seeing in all of my research. They kept saying the javelina is not a pig or a rodent. So I'm guessing it's frequently confused by pigs and rodents. <laughs> so if nature is your jam, Maybe go check out the Southwest this summer and see some javelinas in their natural habitat. They live near cliffs and thick vegetation with water nearby or in your neighbor's soccer mom car with Cheeto bags and goldfish crackers. But just whatever you do, observe from very, very, very far away. So before we get into this next story, I have to admit something. So you know how sometimes you read something and have the pronunciation in your head for so long that when you hear it, it just feels wrong. Okay, so when I was a kid, I read this story. It was probably from R.L. Stein or something. Um, I loved his mysteries when I was a kid, which might explain a lot of my more macabre sense of humor and fascinations today. But anyway, there was this place called Wichita, spelled W-I-C-H-I. ITA, which Ida. I'm so sorry, Kansas. <laughs> it's Wichita, a town that everyone everywhere has heard of except for me because I have my nose in a book, which is not a problem. Kids keep reading. Please keep reading this summer. <laughs> so one of my students years ago, Mike, would go on business trips to this town and I finally had to confess through rolls of laughter that I could just never say this word right the first time because I always second guess it. And it is very likely that there will be some outtakes of mispronounced town names after the credits today. <laughs> so with that disclaimer, okay. <clears throat> From the Associated Press by way of NBCNews.com, headline, Flamingo that escaped the Kansas Zoo 17 years ago is spotted on Texas coast. Wichita? What? <laughs> Wichita, right out of the gate. This is going to be so rough. 
Wichita, Kansas, one of two flamingos that escaped from a, let's just say, Kansas zoo during a storm 17 years ago, has been found in Texas. The African flamingo, known as number 492 because the number on its leg band, was captured on video shot March 10th. Officials were able to make out the bird's leg band in the video. Cool. I'm guessing they were using that CSI technology. Enhance. 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 The bird and another flamingo escaped from the Sedgwick County Zoo in Kansas on a stormy night in June 2005. Employees had not yet clipped the bird's wings to prevent them from flying, which facilitated their escape. While the other flamingo was never seen again, number 492 has been spotted several times in Wisconsin, Louisiana, and Texas, sometimes with other wild flamingos. Wait, stop the presses. The U.S. has wild flamingos? Okay, so I needed to do a little Googling on this. According to National Geographic, the American flamingo has been thought to be completely gone from Florida, the place with more tattoo shops, margarita bars, and bad choices spawning from spring break than any other state in the United States. But they are back, baby. They are back. And I think I might dive into this next season, so I'm not going to dive too much deeper on this right now. But I did come across an NPR story with what happens with zoo animals during storms. There is this photo of 50 Caribbean flamingos in Miami Zoo's men's room. It turns out zookeepers put the pinkies in the pooper to protect them from Hurricane George. The best part of this photo, though, is all the birds are huddled together like kids getting ready to take a group selfie, all standing on one foot, staring at themselves in the bathroom mirror. Hey, that's a good-looking flock. Anyway, back to this story. There were never any plans to collect the confused bird. Number 492 found a way to be totally... Wait for it. A free bird! Eh? There's just no easy way to get number 492 without disturbing the rest of the birds in this flock. Okay, so this is my favorite line in the whole piece, and I think it's indicative that the author just kind of needed to pad out the end of the story and maybe get another 30 words to meet quota. (laughs) The escaped flamingos, known for their distinctive pink feathers and long legs and necks. Y'all, okay, preschoolers know what a flamingo is. It's legit one of the first things that we learn in school or on Sesame Street. F is for... Well, let's see. There's fox, there's flamingo, and there's flying squirrel if you're a cheeky kid. And that's basically it, right? I think they just needed to reach quota and they were putting in what a flamingo is at the very end of the piece. Anyway, these two escaped birds along with 39 other long-necked pink birds who stand on one foot were born in Africa, flown to Wichita. (gasps) Which? Did I? Wait, did I get it right? Okay, Wichita, 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 Wichita. (laughs) Nothing sounds right anymore. Anyway, flown to Kansas, and boy, were their arms tired, where they were put in the Kansas Zoo almost 20 years ago. So how long do they live if this bird has been on the lamb for 20 years? Well, according to biologicaldiversity.org, Flamingos are generally long-lived, surviving an average of 20 to 30 years. 
although it has been documented that some wild birds had made it to 50 years. So I suspect number 492, Freebird to his buddies, has the potential for 30 more years on the run, living his best life. Freebird! Okay, last one. Are y'all ready? Okay, this comes from an article by Ted Fitzsimmons for NBCNews.com. The headline, Strange rumbling noises in California house turns out to be five bears hibernating in a crawl space. (laughs) I'm not sure if this is covered under most homeowners insurance policies. (laughs) Okay, this story. Some California residents last week finally figured out the source of the strange rumbling and snoring noises inside their home. A mother bear and her four cubs had been hibernating beneath their house. The Bear League, a Lake Tahoe bear rescue organization, said that this particular mother black bear had three cubs of her own and adopted one more. What a hero! and thus had four active chubby little bears following her around at the end of 2021, when the family began to search for a hibernation den. Cool, cool, cool. Quote, when it came time to go to sleep for the winter, she found a house with an unsecured crawl space opening and ushered all the kids inside and told them to be very quiet and go to sleep, the Bear League wrote in a Facebook post on April 19th, announcing the eviction of the bear family earlier that day. Quote, this was a home where people lived and they thought that they heard some odd rumbling, snoring-like noises, but ignored it because it simply didn't make sense. And the neighbors said that they were imagining it because they didn't hear anything. <laughs> we uninvited Mama Bear, not yet aware that there were four more bears under the house, said Bear League. It was quite the scene to then watch the four yearling cubs emerge from the opening and join together on the other side of the fence to venture forth into 2022. They suddenly ran out and over the fence to where Mama was calling to them, all while we just stood there in disbelief. We didn't even get the camera turned on before they all disappeared. Dang it, wrote the Bear League in a comment on Facebook. After the story made national headlines, the Bear group added, Hopefully this will help encourage people to secure their crawlspace openings. The Bear League said that it's common for black bears, which have a healthy population level in the Lake Tahoe area, to seek unsecured crawl spaces for winter hibernation. Later in the article, famed bear Hank the Tank, which in the bear community is known as, Woo there, that's a big freaking bear. He had other aliases, Yogi, Tonka, and Big Guy, was mentioned as becoming, quote, extremely food habituated and of using his, quote, immense size and strength to break in and through front doors and garage doors. Yo, this bear was opening garage doors, <laughs> hulking out this big boy. He was so large, and food was missing all over the area. Houses and camps were being broken into, and so it has to be the big boy, right? Well, don't judge a book by its cover just yet. Hank the Tank was framed, assumed guilty before his day in Ursa court. But before he was executed, which truly was likely to happen all because the fattest bear had to be behind all of this destruction, DNA evidence was submitted and he was an innocent bear. Well, mm, partially innocent. Three bears, at least, 
they may have had a getaway driver whose DNA was not on the scene, were fingered as the real perps, and so it was a group effort, not just one bear. And if we really, really want to look at the blame, not putting trash out, keeping food accessible, and feeding wildlife seems to be the biggest issues in the Tahoe region. According to my favorite author, Fuzz by Mary Roach, which is all about where animals intersect with the law. Tourists coming into Tahoe just don't know or don't care about the rules that are in place for bear safety and human safety. And as a result, food is often left out, bins are often uncovered, and that is a recipe for attracting bears searching for food. Besides, with climate change and winters not getting quite as cold, warm snaps, etc., hibernation is not happening in the way that we are told in schools. Bears' sleep schedules are way off. And honestly, when my sleep schedule is off, I am grumpy and hungry and can often be found breaking into people's houses in search of food. So I cannot fault these bears at all. So this summer, lock up your food, don't leave snacks in your car, cover your bins with animal-proof containers, and if you hear your house rumbling, you should probably call a professional. Regardless if it's bears sleeping under your porch or not, you still probably have a really big issue that should probably be professionally looked at. Okay, so that is the end of it for season three. For the last time until September, unless you're a Patreon. So check out the Patreon if you want more stories to get you through on long car trips or just to kind of chill in a hammock with. There are a dozen or so right now and at least one a month all summer and all year. Patreon.com slash bewilderbeastpod for about a dollar a month. It's, guys, it's super easy. <laughs> it's It's affordable on purpose. If there are topics that you would be interested in hearing about on the podcast for next year, do please reach out. If you know of any historical animals who changed the world, animals who are helping humans, or animals exonerated by DNA evidence, I have to break into the true crime sector somehow, and because it's such a competitive market, please, please, please send it all in. I don't bite, usually, to bewilderbeespod at gmail.com tweet at Bewildered Pod and my favorite method, bewilderbeastpod.com. Click on the little button on the right-hand side of the screen and just talk. It's great. It's a little voice memo from you. You get to say your thing. Everything's great. Anyway, I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath with Mudstuff Media. Go get curious. Resources. Have a Cheeto Havelina, NBCnews.com, and Animal Coroner. I did it again. Animalcoroner.org. Rah! I need a summer vacation. Free bird! Biologicaldiversity.org and NBCnews.com. And lastly, five hibernating bears and DNA exoneration from, again, NBCnews.com. They have a great animal headlines section. So if you just type in animal headlines at NBCnews.com, y'all are going to have a great summer. Two articles from NBCnews.com, one on the five hibernating bears and one on DNA evidence saving the 500-pound black bear. 
and the book Fuzz by one of my favorite authors. I just love everything she does, Mary Roach. And you can find her stuff on maryroach.net. Links, as always, are in the description of today's episode. For the last time until September, intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz. And interstitial music is by MK2. Additional music is provided by Pixabay and freesound.org. And my swearing parrot buddy, Pole. Haven't seen him in a while. Oh, actually, here's something you can do. If any of you happen to have a parrot who has learned really bad language, or if you could make a sound effect of the swearing parrot, I would love to hear it. Send it in. Please share your favorite episodes with your friends and your family this summer break. DMs are open. Email is open. Let me know what you want to hear in season four, and I will see you in September. That's it. School's out for summer. Wachita. Oh, that's not even right. Wachita. Wichita. Wichita. Wich. <laughs> Wichet. Me, me, me. Witch, 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 witchita, witchita, witch, wichita. God. It's like Kansas. They were in Kansas. Which city? I don't know which city. You just pick another city in Kansas. It starts with a W because I don't want to say this anymore. <laughs> Pole. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kansas. I'm so, so sorry. It's Wachita. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up to the minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.